I'm such a big advocate for all entrepreneurs getting into the, into the collector's game. There is so much that we can learn and pull from and apply to our business experiences to make our businesses actually function better. This is Don't Fear Grit with Rob Taormina. Marketing strategies and advertising technologies to help you build a better business. All right, guys, welcome back to part two of our collectors series. Uh, we are where we are going to be talking about everything collecting, um, how the entrepreneurs sort of fit in the collectors uh, world. Is the collecting world still pretty on fire? Is it active? Um, and is there a place? Is there a reason? Is there any value in getting into the collecting space as an entrepreneur, regardless of industry? So we're going to be chatting about to, to that today. The last episode, we used the pog. I don't know if, if the cameras can pick this up. For those of you who are not watching, I do apologize. You can always find our show uh, on YouTube. Um, but I'm holding up right now an old pog. This is from the, the this is from my collection. I can't believe, by the way, when I was like researching to do this show, that I actually had some pogs still, which is wild. So this is basically just a uh, nice little uh, I don't know conversational piece. Look, kids, it's a piece of cardboard that one, at one point in time was worth money uh, that we played for. Anyway, um, today's special guest that's going to help us unpack all of this stuff is none other than the producer of Don't Fear Grit, and that is Craig the Man. I call him C-Reg. I call you Bobby Light. <laughs> All right, C-Reg, man, thanks for so much for agreeing, even though you had no choice to be a part of today's true. episode. True. <laughs> Threatened to fire me. That is not true at all. I only thought it. Um, anyway, so Craig, I um, obviously I referenced uh, the Pogs. Uh, you have you had no idea what these were. Nope, I wasn't born in 1945. So oh, you're a funny guy, funny guy. Um, so we've got a comedian on the show, apparently, guys. Uh, anyway, he had no idea what these were. They were only big for a few years. But um, from when you were a kid up until now, like, is there anything of like of similar nature? Something like it was like a quick. Um, a flash in the pan, something that was was really popular for like a short window that you remember? Uh, off the top of my head, no, I can't think of something similar to the Pog. So I was the only one that lived in a time where we like foolishly invested into things that have no value? I guess so. What did you guys have to do? <laughs> there was no TV, so what could you do? Oh my gosh. Wow, jokes. No talkies. This guy's got jokes. Uh, well, I can think of a few things, um, and I don't know. No, I, I do know. It's not to the level of Pogs where it was just like a short window, a, a short hit like that, uh, but definitely where it was really popular. It did sort of disappear, but it's come back, and I think you're the perfect person to have this discussion, um, and that's sort of the Pokemon world. Um, Pokemon was definitely after my time, um, so I never sort of got into it. I don't know a ton about it other than I know that uh, it became really popular. It fizzled, and now I feel like it's coming back strong. Was that sort of in your world? Oh yeah, Pokemon was definitely in my world. I grew up on that. I don't think it necessarily fizzled so much, though. It wasn't so flash in the pan. It was definitely bigger. I would say in the '90s, that huge craze. Mm -hmm. uh, but the series, there's like games and shows. Yeah, that kind of stayed in the realm of popularity. I think yep. the cards maybe went out. The brands was around. The brand still. was around. I'm talking about the, the cards. The cards, yes, you're right. Yeah. The cards, yes, they popped yep. in the 90s and then they kind of, they, they like fluctuate yeah. in and out of popularity as time goes by. And now it's on a upward craze again. Right. Um, like all 
you know, things that are collectible, you know, the way that I always sort of explain it to people, um, you know, collectibles are simply worth what people are willing to pay for it. You know, that's what, you know, the pull pog things are, even though the pogs disappeared, there's still a collector market for them. Um, and you're going to not, you're not going to believe me. And for those of you who are listening, please like Google this. Um, there's actually a pog set worth a million dollars. Really? Yeah. The, the, uh, uh, the Jurassic park pog Jur- set. Jurassic parks. <laughs> Pogs, a uh, Jurassic Park Pog set is actually uh, worth a million dollars, and wow. and the thing that that only creates that type of worth is is there at least two people because you need a competing you know a, a bidder right. um, to drive up the value of these things, uh, and that's what creates a market for this stuff. And then the more people you add, the more valuable because there's more people involved in bidding up the price in a way. And because otherwise, it doesn't matter what things are in life. It could be a, anything from a master painting to a pog. They are not worth anything unless there's at least two collectors. Um, and in the case now of Pokemon, I know it's become big again, the yeah. Pokemon card specifically. Yeah, yeah. Um, what are some of the uh, the value of these cards? Like, do, do they are, are you seeing a card go for like a million dollars? Like you seeing like a, a stupid pog? I haven't seen a million, but depending on condition and uh the era that it came out with for example if you have a fresh first edition holographic charizard from base set one it's got to be first edition Mm -hmm. it goes for like fifty thousand dollars and i heard i heard a guy there's a guy on youtube who pulls cards yeah uh, on his show and he opened a brand new pack from the 90s and pulled that card fresh out of the pack and he said he got a hundred thousand dollar offer for it what? So these things go for a lot. All right. So this this is what brings back though the collectors into the game. Right. Um, now Pokemon cards were first introduced to the market. Uh, what was it? The late nineties. The late yeah mid to late nineties. Late nineties. Yeah. Okay. So it makes sense that you know you let sort of a certain period of time pass, and then the and then kids that were brought up on it as they get older, now that they can actually afford it, get back into the market. So right. it actually makes sense that it's coming back now because the timing is perfect. Right. So you know you're in your twenties. Um, I know you're into it. I know you've ponied, ponied up some serious money. Are you seeing more people get into this sort of Pokemon um, trading card game, but not as obviously like a kid, like, oh, I want to see what I can get and, and have it in my room, but like as a legitimate collector, collecting things that have value, resale value, and trying to selling them. Well, yeah, and that's like kind of the reason I got back into it because I was I kept hearing for like the past six months people – you know, even big guys in the industry, like Gary Vaynerchuk, for example, talking about, you know, cards again and Pokemon cards specifically kept coming up and like there's new pages popping up on Instagram every day for people uh, trading, buying, collecting Pokemon cards. So I went into my room where I had my old cards. I had gotten rid of most of them like five or six years ago because I just didn't, you know, I, I love Pokemon, but I kind of got out of it. And then I was like, let me let me look at these cards. And I kind of just got, you know, emotional thinking about it from growing up and stuff i was like i want to get back into this and uh it started as just kind of for fun and then i started finding some good deals and understanding the value of certain things and i was like well i mean if i'm smart about it i can make some good money yeah um be completely honest and and i'm going to force you to be honest here i want people to understand like what we're talking about we're not talking about like you know back in the day 1988 it was you know 25 cents for a pack um, you know, how much money, be, if you don't mind, like how much money did, have you ponied up recently to invest in, as a means of trying to resell this stuff? Right. So recently, uh, I would say it's about $1,600 I have ponied up. For uh, Pokemon cards? Yes, specifically sealed 
boxes. And how much do you think you're going to be able to sell that stuff for? I've estimated around 25,000. 25 grand. And but where are you getting this information that like uh that you could sell it for that amount of money? So uh I follow a lot of collectors. Mm -hmm. And eBay is a big source of actually my information. Sure. So there's this thing on eBay where if you search up an item, you can hit filter and then you filter it for sold items and you can see what is recently sold and like within the past couple of months, that's how much these things are going for. So that's how I do my research. I see. That's smart. I'm glad that you said that. And I was hoping that you were going to say that because it's one thing to see what you know, trying to determine price based on what it's listed for, but you're determining price on what it's selling for. Yeah. So that's a realistic number for you. Yep. And this is like reason number one, why I feel like any person in the entrepreneurial game, I don't care what industry you are in, there is some incredible lessons that you can learn from participating in this. You know, number one, listen, there's the financial benefit that if you get smart about this, your research and, 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 and it doesn't take much. Like if you're willing to put in some effort, you can actually make some money, right? So that's the obvious. Well, you know what? I'll go back. I'll call that reason number one. And I'll say reason number two is, uh, is more what you could learn from this. Now, so you're learning research and development, right? Right. And, you know, sales, I don't care what industry you are in. If you are a lawyer, if you're a doctor, if you are a painter, um, you know, if you're in technology, it doesn't matter what line of work you're in. The sales is a component of what you do. Right. Always, period, end of story. And this is a crash course. It helps you to refine these skills, which is awesome. Also, you know, research and development, that refining that skill will benefit you as an entrepreneur. You know, talking with people, understanding markets, things are related to each other. Absolutely. You have, like all of these things that we're talking about right now, it it, there's, it's like a spider web of activity and it connects to everything. And so as an entrepreneur, if you really want to take yourself seriously and elevate your game and scale up your life and scale up your business, then you need to have a broader understanding of all the stuff that's going on. One way of giving yourself a crash course is actually by participating in the collector's market. I'm not saying now to go out and you know, pony up 20 grand or 30 grand or 100 grand. You know, if you don't know what you're doing, I'm not saying to do that, right? But but put out a couple hundred bucks and learn the game. And you don't need you know a, a high level understanding of this stuff. Is, is if you're willing to put in the effort, I believe you can get something out of it. And uh, you know, like, listen, I'm gonna be opening up this pack right here, right? I'm not gonna be doing this in the next episode to close out this particular series. This was a pack that I got, look, this is an entire wax box, right? This is a pack in the wax box. I got this in 1988 and I've been saving it. Now, this particular um, uh, wax pack right here, I went online, like you know, Craig was saying, and people are selling selling these for this one for up to 10 bucks. And I don't, I have, I have no idea how many is in here. Uh, I don't know, maybe about 50. So like this wax box is 500 bucks. So there's, there's money to be made. There's lots of, of great information that we can learn. But, but something that I did when I was a kid is I went to garage sales. I did that all the time as a kid. I don't know if you've ever done that. Yeah. Like I did it because it was, I thought it was cool. You know, right. I, like, why, yeah. like why did you go to garage sales? I mean the same. Just find cool stuff that I wanted. I didn't think about when I was younger. You might have. I wasn't thinking about selling it. I was thinking about like playing with it or like. Oh, absolutely. Me too. It. I liked cool stuff. You know, as a kid, any type of treasure hunt is cool. Yeah. You know, and and by going to these garage sales, it's like as it's a kid's, you know, only access 
to something that's cool, right? Right, because otherwise, the only thing that you're getting something when you're a kid is if your parents give it to you. You know what I mean? Right. Or and you're or more likely to get it at a garage sale because yeah. it's marked down, so your parents will buy. Oh, absolutely. So absolutely, and I remember as a kid getting like Hot Wheels. Right. I remember getting lots of baseball cards. I remember that as a kid, you know. Yeah. Um, but but now. You know, coupling that really great nostalgic experience that I had as a kid to technology and, and you know, the, the, we're in 2020 and the, and the year of eBay and all this other stuff. And the great tip, by the way, that you just gave is you go to a garage sale. You, you comb the garage sale. And by the way, as you do this more and more and more, you're not going to have to research it as much. Because now you have all the experience and it's in, it's in your head. Hopefully, you have the ability to recall that and right. that, that stuff. But but the thing is, we all have our cell phones. Like we're we're a walking encyclopedia. No matter where we go, you go to a garage sale, you see some really cool stuff. Instead of guessing, take out your phone and research it. Right. And Craig, your tip was amazing. Look sold items, what they sold for. And if it's a stuffed animal, and I'm using this because I've actually did this with my kids. If it's a stuffed animal that you see that's, oh, this stuffed animal sold for 20 bucks and the guy's selling it for five, um, that's a profit margin. Right. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, and I actually did started that with my kids um, uh, almost two years ago. Um, I wanted to teach my kids um, you know, so, you know, the art of selling. I wanted to teach my kids negotiation. I wanted to teach my kids, you know, basic level of, of economics. I wanted to teach my kids responsibility. And I was like, you know what? eBay is the easy way to do this. So what we do is every now and then we go through all of their stuff and I have them separate things that they want to get rid of. And what we do is we take these things, I have them, they know how to do it. Now they go on eBay, they figure out what it's selling, they take pictures, they write a description, and they sell it. And I help them out and I tell them, listen, whatever it sells for, you get to keep 100% of the money. And then we sometimes we even do contests, like who can sell the first item, you know? And then what I'll do is with my kids, whoever's item sells first on eBay is I'll let them actually choose anything to do and I'll take them there. Whether it be like going to like the arcade, like Dave and Buster's, or going to Chili's. My kids love going to Chili's, whatever it is. So, I mean, it ends up like costing me more money for the ex that particular lesson. But I feel like that lesson is priceless when I'm teaching my kids. And so, even at a, at a, a small scale, even with kids, I've, there's so much that we can learn from this experience, which is why I'm such a big advocate for all entrepreneurs getting into the, into the collector's game. There is so much that we can learn and pull from and apply to our business experiences to make our businesses actually function better. You know, now listen, collecting, it's, a, it's without a dr deal, a drug, like, is it not? Yes. Like, can you become very, addicted to collecting? I am starting to get very addicted to collecting. Yes. Right. I listen. So you need to balance it. Right. So yep. that's why if you're going to do this, get an accountability partner. Right. Right. <laughs> right. And have this person help that, you know, balance you out because you could get out of control with, with collecting. Yep. I've been there. I've done that. My very first business was actually in the antiques and art world, you know, and uh, and I experienced moments where I got out of control, you know, just accumulating so much stuff because I, right. I loved it. I feel like. You want to get some money back on your investment before you start investing again. Absolutely. So get some money back and then instead of just like buying, 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 like, okay, yes. I'm going to get more deals. Yeah. And you have no money and those investments not, might not pan out. Yeah. Make sure you get some money back on them first and then you invest again. Yeah. That's what I would say. Right. And But you know what? You're actually making a great point of a, another lesson that we can learn here. You know, the art of buying and selling. 
um, is, you know, buy low, sell high. Right. And, you know, not just buy low and keep forever. Right. You know, you only you only take profits once you sell something. So there's a lot to learn there. But yes, I don't think, you know, I'm not encouraging anyone to be, um, you know, whimsical here. Um, I'm saying be responsible, be prepared, do your research, do your homework, put in the effort. There's a lot that you can get out of this, whether it be finances, experiences, great lessons. These are all things that we can now apply to our lives and help our lives function at a higher, higher level, which is which is awesome. Um, you know, uh, you mentioned, you know, some of these uh, baseball card packs. I remember when I was a kid going to garage sales and I would get like some baseball cards. They were so cheap at garage sales. You know what I mean? Like a dollar, you could get like a hundred baseball cards. Right. And and I remember we'd take the cards and as a kid, we'd play a game, throwing them against the wall and seeing if uh, they can like land. Uh, um, what is it like leaning against the wall right. versus like flat or whatever and if you did like you won it was like it's like this crazy You're throwing thing. like $500 cards against the wall you realize well but, but as a kid first of all you know you don't know the value of these things right, right. in the 80s they, they there wasn't tremendous value in yeah. the card even though there was a lot of kids collecting them um, they became more valuable as the trading card industry really started to inject brand new life by like you know, adding like signature series, right. you know, add, adding like the game worn jersey fragments, the bat fragments, and like they just like added new life into this. And then also what helped is the players got better, you know, it would, with maids, made the, the sports more attractive to an audience, more entertaining. And then, you know, more kids started to, to really pay attention to the sports more. You know, this is why, I, I, in my opinion, baseball suffered in the 2000s. Um, you know, because listen, after the steroid era, no one was hitting home runs anymore. Right. I think for kids, it became boring. And then once baseball itself is boring, it really affects, you know, lots of different markets. One of them was the trading card market that got hit in the 2000s. It's coming back now because sports. They're um, doing steroids again? <laughs> they're not doing steroids, but, you know, players definitely improved. They got better. Um, and I think maybe some of the rules changes benefited the players. And, and, it's, and it's an entertaining game now. Um, and so I think that's in part why the trading market is coming back for kids, but also like I was saying before, why Pokemon cards are coming back now is once kids cycle through and it's like that, like 15 to 20 year mark of when they collected as a kid, when they get older, they have the money. Right. So now what do they do? They go back and all the things that they thought were cool. They got this, which is why like muscle cars, the baby boomers buy muscle cars right. because when they were, you know, kids, teenagers, they love that. Yeah. So they buy them all right now. You know, so that's that's sort of the game of the collector's market. Um, now, so we'll just close with this. Um, you know, actively, you know, whether, you know, we'll talk about your age group because obviously that's what you could speak with authority on is in addition to the sort of Pokemon world, are there any other products that you're seeing, uh, you know, people really start to really pony up some serious cash for? Uh, yeah, I would say there's a couple of things. There's uh, clothing industry, sneakers specifically. Uh, people pony up a lot of cash for sneakers and some people don't even, you know, they wear them a couple of times and right. then they kind of put them in a box. Right. Uh, By the way, I know you are very particular about your, your footwear. Yes. Like they are like, they always look brand new. I appreciate that. Cause no one else says that I got made fun of heavily for my footwear and I was like, let me step it up. Yeah. And I don't wear most of them now. I buy them. Yeah. I wear them a couple of times and then I kind of leave them. See for me, let's, I always think like, like what's the point, right? You know, but it's not fair for me to like, to like impose how I feel about it on you. Yeah, like, don't judge me, Rob. Let me live <laughs> I'm my not, life. I'm not judging you, but I, it's amazing. Like the the sneaker market, 
I have, I've, I'm always shocked. I've got some family members, younger family members that get into that game. Like they'll drive out to like Brooklyn where there's like a brand new shipment of, of, of sneakers. Yeah. I haven't done that yet for like the Yeezys. Oh I haven't, yeah. I haven't bought Yeezys. Oh, and yet. they, 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 expensive they my oh size. my gosh. And they, they pony up some serious cash, but within a couple of weeks, they like double their money. Yeah. And I'm like, wait a minute. First, the price that you paid, I thought was too much. Right. But then people are paying double the amount that you yep. just paid for a sneaker. Yeah. You know, in some of these cases, I they were telling me like eight hundred dollars. That's like a quick flip, especially I, if it's like a what? Yeezy sneaker because they sell out so quick. Yeah. That if you just buy a couple, yeah, you sell them on eBay the next week, the, the price skyrockets. That's crazy. See, that's something I feel like you can get lost in. Yeah. So if you're an it's entrepreneur, a huge investment. Yeah. It, it, listen, if you're an entrepreneur and you're inspired by this story and you're like, you know what? Yeah, I want to try to get into this to learn something. I don't recommend getting into the sneaker market because I also think that's a market that you could probably get hurt. You you need right. to have some knowledge right. there. I also think you gotta you kinda kinda have a little bit of passion behind what it is you're yes. collecting. I feel like that helps you because yeah. for me, like if you told me to start collecting I don't know, pogs. Yeah. I'd be like, all right. <laughs> I'd get bored of it pretty quick because yeah. I have no emotional attachment to yeah. it. Yeah, Pokemon yeah. cards I've always loved. So right. I was like I, I want to learn. I yeah. want to know more about it. So mm -hmm. I think that's a you should have a little passion towards what you're collecting as well. Uh, you have wisdom, Craig. Thank you. All right, we're going to end with that right there. The last piece of wisdom, and this is actually courtesy of Craig, C-Reg, um, is uh, pick something that, that you're passionate about, whether it be like historically, dip into your childhood, something that you really enjoyed, and start there. Or even if it's not something from your childhood, it could be a little bit more recent, recent but at least that there, it, it's the dual threat, right? So now you're going to test the waters as, as an entrepreneur to learn something, and you're going to invest in something at the very least, if you can't resell it, you can it's keep up, it. You could keep yeah. it because you're passionate about it. Right. Versus like like you were just saying, I think it's a great point. Is I don't even know where I did with it. Here we go. The pog. I'm like if I was like Craig, go out and buy a thousand dollars worth of pogs and you never resold them. You're like, right. what the heck am I doing? What can I do with? I pogs? come back with a hundred pugs. <laughs> right. Pick something that you're passionate about because um, that's how you have to weigh the upside and the downside. If the downside, the worst case scenario is that you get to keep something that you love, then you didn't lose. Right? right so that there's great advice right there um so anyway so this was this is the closeout for the uh, part two of this brand new series about collecting and entrepreneurs um find craig craig's all over instagram he's got an amazing channel uh he's uh, what's something that he did not uh, mention um he's a big marvel guy yes oh hot toys collectibles are also a very big thing yes and funko pops yeah you, you know you we actually have um you have some hot toys here we should have brought them in yeah we should you know uh, but uh, anyway, so follow Craig. Craig, what's the what's your uh, handle? Mine is uh, Craig Shukri S H U K R I. There you go. Find him, follow him, um, see what he's up to. I know he's going to be launching him some pretty cool stuff, some brand new content soon. Um, but anyway, guys, uh, we want to just encourage and inspire everyone here. That's really the basis of Don't Fear Grit in every episode that we've ever done here is we want to empower you guys to be able to do great things. But also we want you guys to embrace the idea of grit, efforts. And that's what we're saying to do here is that with effort, and uh, you have the ability to execute and do great things. And here's a great example where you can hone those talents um, through the collector's market. It doesn't take a lot, but it, you can get a lot from it. All right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in. Remember, don't fear the process and don't fear grit. We'll see you next time. <laughs>